There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Three-time Grammy-winning blues artist Fantastic Negrito plays 930 Club in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday night. We spoke about how his ancestors' Virginia roots inspired his newest album, White Jesus Black Problems, and how a near-fatal car accident and ensuing coma changed his entire perspective on life. Hey, Fantastic Negrito. Thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, what, a, what a pleasure to be here and to be heard. Awesome. Well, you're coming to 930 Club in D.C. on Wednesday, June 22nd. Uh, have you ever played 930 Club before? I mean, it's a pretty legendary spot here, here in the nation's capital. I haven't, but I have a lot of roots in D.C. from the, my family in Virginia and, of course, Bob Boylan. Wait, what, where in Virginia? What family? Well, uh, my entire new album, White Jesus, Black Problems, is based on a story I found seven generations ago in my ancestry archives in Southern Virginia, a small town called Nathalie, but is where my people moved to. But they, the story happened in Amelia County, Virginia. And that's what the whole new album is based on, that story, White Jesus, Black Problems. Yeah, tell me more about that, because I assume that's a lot what we're going to hear at 930 Club. Um, tell me more about it. It's, yeah. it's about your seventh generation grandmother, the whole, you know, tell me about the whole indentured servant, married the enslaved man. Tell me the whole thing. Well, I don't think they were allowed to get married. I think they were right. sneaking around in, <laughs> in the 1750s, a white Scottish grandmother, that's my grandmother, and a black enslaved man, my grandfather, they hooked it up, and seven generations later, Puyaka. <laughs> Booyaka, here we have you coming to 930 Club. <laughs> I think that's why they did it. They 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 had the foresight. They said seven generations from now there's gonna be an audience in DC that wants to come here. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. But no, in, in all seriousness though, what you know, talk about sort of the those fa deep family ancestral themes and, and why what you know how how it sparked the whole album for you. Well, it just, I, I was just super inspired. I, I was amazed that here were two people from two different sides of the spectrum, two different sides of the world. One is basically gonna be free in seven years, free, white and a woman, and one is a black enslaved man, but they seem like they got something done. And I kept saying that, man, like we live in this era where people can't get anything done because, you know, this side believes this and this side believes that, and we're so entrenched and we, you know, buckle down the hatch and we don't get anything done. So yeah. I really fired that these two people got an illegal baby done. Right, Good right. Job. Openly, openly defying what were, let's just call it what it is, racist laws of 1750s yeah, colon sure. colonial Virginia. And it's it's so fascinating that, you know, Virginia, you know, 
after this would would become you know capital of the confederacy but also right. it would it would also become uh the home of the loving versus virginia ruling with interracial marriage like it, there's this push pull going on in the state of virginia the whole time and here your 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 album's telling a whole other story sort of along the same lines it's a fascinating time in history yeah, it's a fascinating time. And I think maybe there's just something in the water in Virginia. <laughs> I mean, people maybe overlook Virginia, but I think that um, it is extremely inspiring, but honest and truthful. And I felt like it really needed, um, you know, just the title of my album, I'm catching some heat for it, which is okay. I like heat. And I think that it's good to, I need to represent that story in the most bombastic, gregarious, amazing and powerful and shocking way that I could. So I, you know, that title just came to me. I was like, wow, this is so what it is. Here it is, a white woman challenging white supremacy. It's, I'm like, yeah. Right. It's it, in, the mo in the most sincerest way that you can by, you know, connecting with a black enslaved man. It's just unbelievable courage and poise and um, all, the, all the good words, perseverance and defiance and everything that I stand for. So... I felt like it made sense that I'm related to these people. I love it. It's a fascinating story. And I don't know if you did that on purpose by saying there's something in the water in Virginia, because, you know, that's for, that's the name of Pharrell, who's from Virginia. He started the he, he's doing a festival this weekend um, on Capitol Hill in D.C. called the Something in the Water Festival. So I, I didn't, you know didn't even know that. <laughs> I, think I met Pharrell once at a Temple of the Dog concert because I opened for Temple of the Dog and I think la and he, he was there backstage so i met him once wow wow that's cool well cool well you know we're talking a lot about you know seven generations ago of your family's history and ancestry but tell me tell, remind our listeners a little bit more about your your own life story you know i know you're born in massachusetts and moved out to oakland how'd you get into music did i read you taught yourself listening to prince and then you know slipping into a couple classrooms at uc berkeley even though you weren't enrolled or <laughs> tell me about your, how you learned yeah, that's basically it. I mean, I just um, discovered Prince at a very young age in the 80s. And I thought, wow, this, this is a brother that's doing something different. And I thought I could do something different. He was very inspiring when it came to that. And I did sneak into the University of California, Berkeley, UC Berkeley, to learn how to play. I was in a pretty rough neighborhood and there weren't any pianos around. So I just I snuck in and just pretended to be a student. I had sideburns, too. And when I was like 16, so 17, <laughs> I, I looked the part. They should name those those practice rooms after me. They should. They should. You were. It was your unofficial. You were auditing the classrooms. You know what I mean. You were just. You were just checking it out. Uh, well, it worked out. I know. Um, I know you used to. You're, you had a previous. You know, moniker, a name. It used to be. It was Xavier for that first album, X Factor '96 on Interscope. Um, tell us sort of that journey between the Xavier days. And then I know there was like a near fatal car crash in like three weeks in a coma or something. And you ultimately came yeah. out of it. You came out of it with a new name and label for fantastic Negrito in 2014. Well, I think the guy in his twenties, you know, I wanted to be famous and, um, wanted to live like a rock star and have all the finest things that I thought were fine. The best cars, the hottest women, the best drugs, the biggest houses, the best clothing, the best of the best living. The best you know, sideburns. I, <laughs> you think you want all that stuff in your 20s. And I think, um, you know, after I lived life and failed a bunch of times and, you know, lost my playing hand, as you can see. Is that from the car accident, you mean? 
get from a car accident being in a coma. Oh, wow. Yeah, I see the, the right. scar right there. Yeah. Yeah, right here. You see that. Man. And I, um, yeah, it's crazy. It doesn't really move. I play the guitar with my fingers. Whoa. They're finger guitar player. So what happens, I think, is I became a middle-aged guy and I just didn't want anything anymore. And it was a lot of power and not wanting to be famous or write some kind of popular hit song. And I just started doing it because it helped relieve my stress level as I was a new parent. And I just got married on a fluke. I was like, all right, I'll try getting married. I didn't really mean to do it, but <laughs> it happened and I'm still married. Thank God, thank God, I'm still married, but. Congratulations. Yeah, I, I just, I got on a plane and got married in another country. So what happened is, um, yeah, it's amazing when you're not looking for that same stuff. So I became a middle-aged guy, just ranting and raving in the uh, train stations of the Bay Area and playing in front of coffee shops and not caring. Man, there is a power for an artist when they stop caring. Right. And, and that's what happened. And then I was very surprised that people were interested in what I'm doing. I'm still surprised because it is somewhat off. I don't ever fit anywhere. They're like, it's contemporary blues. But I think the blues people hate me. And then it's like, oh, it's rock. It's fun. I don't, I don't fit anywhere. And um, it's okay, though. I, that's perfect. I came from Elizabeth Gallimore and Grandfather Courage. So that's, I came right. from those people who didn't want to fit in. Right. They didn't fit into someone's repressed fantasy of the world. And I'm really pleased and happy and proud of that. Yeah, they didn't care what people thought and neither, neither do you. And it's funny, like you're saying, you a, a weight lifts off of you when you stop caring what people think and you start doing your best creative creative work. Um, well, real cool, real quick. Um, I know we got to remind people you've won three Grammys so far. Um, there's probably many more to come, but take me back to that very first one for Best Contemporary Blues Album. It was Last Days of Oakland in 2016. Uh, any memories of either putting the album together or what, being there Grammy night? Yeah, just the album. I just did the album that I wanted to do without boundaries, without worrying about genres or fitting. And I just didn't, I just, I was just surprised. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. Then you want it, you just, I try to practice gratitude about everything, no matter just sitting here with you. It's just gratitude is always my attitude. I'm grateful for everything that happens, even the bad things, because, you know, you learn the most off of that. And um, I'm happy to accept the Grammy if someone, What's to give it to me? And <laughs> I celebrated for a day and I just put it in the box. Yeah. The way it's not something I want to look at. I just want to continue being an artist and um expression, artistry, digging deep and trying to tell the stories of, of the world and of the neighborhoods. Yeah. And you 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 put it in a box, but then uh, probably because you knew you were gonna win again, because you <laughs> you won, you won again. Uh, please don't be dead in 2018. Um, how do you think you had evolved from last days of Oakland to please don't be dead? Like, are you still maturing, still growing, getting better? I just try to be um, nothing. <laughs> just try to be nothing. I tried to do just nothing when I go into the studio. You know, get inspired try to be nothing just be connect with that energy that made you an artist that um when you were 17 it's like to me it's like when i get in the studio i feel like a 17 year old and a grandfather all in one <laughs> wisdom of grandpa but freedom of the 17 year old and that's what i try to do on every album and tell a story that may be 
important to people and that's important to me try to contribute something and that's what matters to me more than anything is body of work and what i've done i think it's the freedom of being a middle-aged artist yeah and living on a farm it's just this want to just do something great and the chips will fall where they fall wisdom of a grandfather and freedom of a 70 year old i love that that's a that's a your autobiography title right there powerful combination uh yeah absolutely and uh we wait real quick you mentioned you're living on a farm where's that at oh in oakland i live on a farm got you know grow a lot of veggies and got about 15 chickens and i love it oh me too it's you know it's better than prescription pills i mean it's (laughs) just feel at peace and at one with uh the soil trees and you know that you're just a guest on this earth take care of the best that you can yeah exactly Na- mother mother nature's drugs right from the soil baby um well very hey, cool well uh and just to round it out just so i have it here you win the third one grammy for have you lost your mind yet you say it's all about each one you're trying to tell a story what what story are you trying to tell and have you lost your mind yet? Well, that comes out in 2020, which was the year of George yeah, Floyd. You, it was the year of the pandemic. I mean, we were all losing our minds. I, I think that's the story. I think it had to do a lot with mental health, that album. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that we were all going through something. I'm like, oh, there I go. Yeah. And I I, I, I like to keep my finger on the pulse of things. And then as a, I feel like an elder in society, kind of, I try to like, you know, impart something or contribute something that maybe I like when it's useful. I don't know if I like if I make music for people to like, but I I, I make music for people to think. Yeah. That's the stuff that I'm into. So if it gets something going, even if people don't like it, I, I you know, I'm reading posts about people not liking liking the title of Why Jesus Black Problems, but I think it's okay. They can yell at me and then I could be nice and then maybe they learn something like hey it's okay. If you disagree with me, we don't have to hurl insults or hate each other yeah. or go to war against each other just because we disagree about yeah. a few. Yeah. Well, what, what what do they say that they don't like about the title? I mean, because hate, hate to break it to them, Jesus, uh, the historical Jesus, his skin color was darker than mine. <laughs> you know what that, I mean? I think, uh, they, I think the argument that I get is that they think I'm trying to put down white people to put to bring up black people. I don't get that argument because story has nothing to do with that. The story is about right. interracial couple. Maybe right. the title is doing exactly what I needed to is, hey, get your attention. Maybe you'll watch the film about how beautiful and harmonious two yeah. people can be from two different sides of the globe. So it's okay. I don't mind it. I think, uh, you know, it means you're saying something. I, I, I really am a huge fan of that. Awesome. I, I'm a huge, I, I love that concept too, man. I, I, I keep doing what you're doing. You know, the haters are going to hate, but just, just don't, yeah, even, so don't pay attention hate. to them. <laughs> some people actually answer just to be like, Hey, do we have some dialogue. And sometimes yeah. it's pretty good. Actually. That's good. Yeah. It sparked the conversation. But some well, people are just, that's what they're out there for to be, you know, an asshole. Sorry if I can't say that on the air, but ah, they're well. out be, some people are out there to just, project their negativity on the world and that's there's nothing you can do about that right exactly exactly just uh, take the high road stay positive and keep cranking out yeah. your creativity uh, keep stay on the high road stay positive 
I love it. Well, people can come see the story you're trying to tell there and start that conversation with of white Jesus black problems and all of your other stuff. Uh, when you're playing at the 930 club, it'll be Wednesday, June 22nd at 7 p.m. So get your tickets now at 930club.com. You've been very generous. Thanks for joining us on. It looks like you're still, you know, you got the mask dangling here. You're on it. Looks like you're on a tour bus. You're probably so busy. We got to let you get back yeah, on the road. I'm doing a couple hours away from, I'm in Toronto and I'm getting ready to play a festival. All right. Well, good luck with the festival and then all the way to Toronto. Then you're going to come all the way down to DC. Man, the, the life of the road, right? <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn, New York. Philadelphia, DC, it's on. All right. Well, we can't wait to, to see you down here um, on Wednesday. So, hey, fantastic Negrita. Thanks so much for joining us. This is awesome. Bye bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.